Hey, welcome to ACF Church, and we're so glad that you're with us watching this message online. And our hope is that it would encourage you to be more like Jesus and walk closely with Him as an apprentice of Christ. And our hope is to give away all of these resources for free as much as possible. It takes a lot of time and energy and people to make that happen. And if you'd like to support the mission of God financially for ACF Church, you can go to acfak.org and you can give there. Now enjoy the Word of God proclaimed. All we can do is remember. And as we walk into Memorial Day tomorrow, remembering those who have paid with their lives in service to our country, we have the honor and the privilege of doing exactly that, of remembering. And this word remember in the Bible, the fullness of the word doesn't just mean to think about something. It doesn't just mean to bring something or someone to mind, but it's then responding to what it is that you are thinking about, to what it is you're remembering, that you put it into action, that you do something about what you are thinking about. Now, if you are new to ACF Church, I just want to welcome you. Whether you're here in person or watching online, I just want to thank you for spending your day with us. My name is Angela, and one of the things that I love about my ACF family is that we take the time to remember who Jesus is and the sacrifice that he gave for each and every one of us. And then we respond by amplifying his grace to the churched, to the unchurched, and the de-churched. We take the time to remember each and every day. But this past weekend, we had the opportunity to remember and reach out and respond through Impact Eagle River. I know many of you guys, you were a part of that. And we thank you because we are living on mission for Jesus. Do you know that we had the opportunity to pump over 2,900 gallons of gasoline right across the street? That there were more than 60 oil changes right here on this campus. And beyond that, there were Over 20 projects, inside and out, where you were taking the time to be Jesus' hands and feet by serving our community. We built fences. We maintained trails. We assembled goodie bags for service members and first responders. Again, we take this time to remember so that we can respond. Now, growing up, I loved dinner time. Yes, I still love dinner time. You're right. You got me. But what I loved about mealtime in my house was that my mom and dad would make it a time where we could ask questions and we could talk about our day. We could share the good things that happened. We could share the hard things that happened. We could talk about things that we had learned. Well, I remember at one particular meal, I was very quiet and I was just taking it all in. I was listening to what everybody was saying. I was watching everybody very carefully. And I remember my mom, when it was my turn, she said, so, you know, Angela, you want to share about your day? And I said, well, I'm waiting for someone to choke because I learned the Heimlich maneuver that day. (laughs) And I know, I knew that the best way for me to share was to actually get to do it. 
but I didn't get to do it. Everybody was fine. Everybody survived that dinner in my family. But even scientific studies have been shown that when we think about something, when we remember something, because our minds and our bodies are connected, that when we have the chance to physically respond to whatever it is that we're thinking about, then we're better able to remember. And this time of remembering, it can be very helpful. It can be very healing. But I don't want to gloss over the fact that not all memories are happy. Not all memories are going to bring you great feelings of joy. There are some memories that are always going to be sad. There are some memories that are always going to be painful or bring that lump to your throat. And just because something is sad, what I want you to hear is don't minimize it. Don't feel like you just have to get over it. There's a lady named Nora McNerney, and she has a pretty powerful story. She has given some TED Talks. She has written some books. But one of the things that she reiterates over and over in dealing with these memories that are hard or painful or full of grief or sadness is she says this, we don't move on from something We move forward with it. And so as we are taking time to remember, again, we don't have to get over things, but we can move forward with them. Because I think what is good for us to hear and be reminded of is the fact that every single part of our story matters, the good as well as the bad. That when we think about the people that we've met, no matter how briefly, when we think about the experiences or the lessons that we have gone through or been taught, that when we can take this time to remember, it can help us move forward. That we don't have to forget the past. We don't have to ignore the past. And we don't have to stay stuck in the past. But how can we do this? How can we remember and then respond well? There was a man named Chris Kyle, and he served as a chief petty officer in the Navy. He was deployed to Iraq four different times. And what he found is that upon each return from deployment, he was feeling more and more disconnected from his wife and his family. And so upon his return from his final deployment, he and his wife decided to reach beyond themselves. And they decided to find and assist other veterans that were struggling with some of these same issues of disconnection, of trauma, of PTSD. Now, tragically, on one of those outings while he was helping those with PTSD, he was shot and killed. And after his death, his wife started the Chris Kyle Foundation. And even to this day, it is a foundation that provides retreats and helps service members, first responders, and their families in dealing with these issues that have been brought on because of their service on active duty. And I mention it because we even have a Patriots Hospital located right here in Anchorage, Alaska, That's just one example of a foundation or an organization that was started in memory of someone who paid with their lives. 
And I'm sure while I was talking, you can think of other organizations and programs and nonprofits that have been started in memory of one who has served and have saved countless other lives. And what I want you to hear is that I don't mention it because I'm just trying to give you a quick and an easy solution to a very difficult and challenging situation. When it comes to remembering people that have paid with their lives, again, it's not something that you can just get over. But I mention it because I want you to hear that there's help, that there are people that want to talk to you. Again, whether you're watching online or here in person, you can go to our website, acfak.org. You can go to hopetoalaska.com. There are resources available, and you are not alone. So please, find someone to talk to. If you have a Bible, I would love it if you would turn to Joshua chapter 4. Now, if you don't have a Bible, please find someone that's wearing a Love All, Serve All shirt. And before you leave today, they will make sure that a Bible is in your hands. You can also download our free ACF Church app. You can follow along on the screen behind me. Joshua chapter 4. Now, up to this point, um, if you were with us before Easter, you know that we walked through the first part of the book of Exodus. And in that, we learned that God raised up Moses to lead his people out of Egypt, out of slavery, and into the promised land. Well, they found themselves in the wilderness where they had been wandering for 40 years. So at this point, before Joshua 4, Moses has died, along with an entire generation of other leaders that have led these people through a lot of ups and downs. Not all of their remembering this time in the wilderness has been joyful. Not all of the things that they think about have been, yay, let's do that again, But instead, what they've even done is they've whined and they've complained and they said, just send us back. Just let us go live in Egypt. That was familiar. That was what we know. We want to stay in the past. But Joshua knows that he has been given a charge to lead God's people and he finds himself here at the Jordan River. How many of you have ever crossed a river before? Maybe hiking Crow Pass, Eagle River. I'm not talking about this little creek, you know, that you can jump over. I'm talking about a river, right? And as you know, before you cross a river, there are certain things that you need to consider when planning your route. The time of day matters to, you know, determine how much water is flowing. The time of year matters. There are times and situations that make the crossing a little bit easier, This was not one of those times. Joshua comes to the Jordan River at flood stage. So not only is it, you know, more than three to 10 feet deep, it's also wider than its normal 90 to 100 feet across. Not the best time to cross a river. But Joshua knows and Joshua will obey. And so he gets the leaders of the tribes together and he says, this is what we're going to do. And the priests come together and they take the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, which to them was the presence of God. And as soon as the priests who are carrying the Ark, they step into the middle of the Jordan River and God stops the water flowing. 
There's a wall of water that forms on one side. The river continues flowing down to the Dead Sea on the other side. And all two million of God's people cross this river on dry ground. That is a big deal. That's like having three Alaskas cross the Jordan River. Like that's, that's pretty cool. So here we are, Joshua chapter four, starting at verse one. When all the people were safely across the river, the Lord said to Joshua, now choose 12 men, one from each tribe. Tell the men to take 12 stones from where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan and pile them up at the place where you camp tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men and told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder, 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes. So these stones were used as reminders of places where God had acted. Maybe he had performed a miracle, maybe he had rescued his people, or maybe he taught them a lesson, but it wasn't the stones that were the big deal. The stones were not meant to be idolized or worshipped, but it was who they represented. It was what they represented. The fact that here at the Jordan River, all two million of the Israelites had crossed on dry ground, that it was in God's strength and not theirs. Verse 6. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean to you? Then you can tell them. They remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a permanent memorial among the people of Israel. So the men did as Joshua told them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan River, one for each tribe, just as the Lord had commanded Joshua. They carried them to the place where they camped for the night and constructed the memorial there. So again, here are these stones and they are being carried to the place where all of the Israelites are going to see them. So that when the children ask, what do these stones mean? Or when their children's children ask, what's going on with these stones? that God's people are encouraged to tell a story, to say, this is who God is. This is how he was faithful to us in the past. And this is how we can move forward with him, with hope for our future. He was asking them to testify to his goodness. Because when we focus on what he has done, then our perspective shifts, doesn't it? And then our memories can be ways of responding to his faithfulness, to his goodness. Because what if the reason that you are going through something right now, what if it's not for right now? What if the reason God has you where he has you, the lesson that he is trying to teach you, what if it is for someone else down the road? But please hear me when I say not so that you'll compare. Not so that you'll say, oh, I remember when I went through that. Yep, this is what I did. So that's, that's what you need to do. 
No, it's so that you can mark the way of what God has done, so that you can help them to point to God and say, this is who he is. This is how he provides. This is his strength and his power, and you give him all of the glory. Verse 9, Joshua also built another memorial of 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan at the place where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing. The memorial remains there to this day. I love that Joshua goes back, that he goes back to the middle of the river, right into the very presence of God, that he takes time to worship God for himself Because yes, these stones, there were 12 stones that were carried to their camp that were there to point others to see who God is and what he has done. But I love that we were reminded a couple weeks ago when Pastor Brian and Amanda shared that you can't share something that you don't first have for yourself. And so here's Joshua. He knows that he has been called to lead God's people into the promised land. And so he takes time to worship and to remember right in the midst of what is going on. And we would do well to do the same, to let this remembering, to let this worship be the starting place for everything else that we do. 1 Peter 2 Come to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by the people, but he is precious to God who chose him. And now God is building you as living stones into his spiritual temple. Do you need encouragement? Come to Christ. Do you need an example to follow? Come to Christ, to Jesus Christ, who is the living cornerstone. He is the firm foundation upon which we can build everything. He will not leave us. He will not forsake us. He knows everything about us. He knows our memories. He knows our experiences. And he longs for us to be drawn into this more personal and intimate and trusting relationship with him for ourselves. Because when we do that, then we are being built as living stones. We're not the big deal. We're the stones. But who we point to, he's the big deal. That's who he's all about. Verse 19. The people crossed the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month, the month that marked their exodus from Egypt. They camped at Gilgal, east of Jericho, and it was there at Gilgal that Joshua piled up the 12 stones taken from the Jordan River. And then Joshua said to the Israelites, in the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes, and he kept it dry until you were all across, just as he did at the Red Sea, when he dried it up until we had all crossed over. He did this so that all the nations of the earth might know the power of the Lord, and that you might fear the Lord your God forever. Amen. 
Here is God, and he is reminding his people of their past. Is he reminding them of the past so that they'll want to go back? Is he reminding them of their past so that they'll just stay stuck or stay frozen where they are? Or is he reminding them of their past so that they can be living stones and testify to his goodness and faithfulness so that they can move forward with him? I also love how in verse 19, he uses the time of year and he says it was on the 10th day of the first month. Again, back in Exodus chapter 12, that's the same day that God tells Moses and Aaron that each family needs to take a lamb or a goat and slaughter it and then paint their doorpost with the blood so that when the angel of death passes over, that the Israelites will be saved by the blood. Passover is that picture of remembering. Again, not in our strength, but in God's. God's reminding them of their past so that they can move forward with him. And he does the same for us. He reminds us of where we've been so that we can look to see who he is and take that next little step with him. When we remember, it's not meant to hinder our ability to see where God is working right now. But again, that we can focus on him and be reminded of his faithfulness to give us hope for tomorrow. A couple weeks ago, we shared in the meal of communion. And when Jesus has this Passover meal with his friends, he takes the bread, he takes the blood, and he says to them, do this in remembrance of me. We remember Jesus, who is the perfect Passover lamb, whose ultimate sacrifice once and for all paid the price. And that because of him, we can build on his firm foundation, the cornerstone. But we need these memories of Good Friday so that we can appreciate Easter all the more. We remember Jesus who by his wounds, we are healed, who came into this unjust world, who gave his life for each and every one of us, even though we don't always see things that we understand. He knows our stories matter to him and we have a place. We remember so that we can respond. And one of the ways that we do that here at ACF Church is through action steps. And so I would invite you now, there should be one on your seat. If you wanna get that out and you can tear off the bottom and then place it in one of the black boxes as you leave here today. But as you remember who Jesus is and what he has done for you, maybe you never have responded to him Maybe you've never said yes or been baptized. We have the opportunity for you here today, Baptism Sunday. I love a couple months ago as Pastor Stewart was teaching Crash Course, he talked about how there are so few things in life that we actually do remember with clarity. 
like maybe getting your driver's license or maybe graduating from high school or college, having a baby, getting married. But he said for him, one of these stones that he has built is the stone of baptism. And it's a day that he can look back on so that he can move forward with Jesus. And so again, if that's you today, we have the opportunity. As I finish praying, you can go out to the lobby and there are people that wanna talk to you. Maybe God is asking you to remember the people that have walked with you on your journey. Maybe there are people that have discipled you, come alongside you and just listened to you when you needed to share. Maybe God is asking you to take your next step of reaching beyond yourself and helping others, volunteering your time at a nonprofit or other organization that helps people in need. Or finally, maybe God has just put a service member or their family on your heart. And maybe you can respond by sharing a meal with them. If you would, please bow your heads with me as we pray. God, we do just thank you for this time of remembering. God, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus, who paid the ultimate sacrifice. And by his wounds, we are healed. God, we just thank you that you are patient, that you know us and that you love us and that you don't want us to stay stuck, but you want us to move forward with you. And so God, I just thank you for... um, just giving us the opportunity to do that today. We love you and we thank you. In the holy and precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, good morning, ACF family. My name is Jaron Anderson. Uh, I've been a part of the church since last year. And although I am currently living in Florida, I still tune in every Sunday to watch Outpost online. I was stationed in Alaska from 2017 to 2020. And in 2018, that's when I met my wonderful wife, Cora. Her faith is as strong as steel and concrete. And in the beginning, we quickly became friends. And as a friendly gesture, she would often invite me to church. Uh, I would respectfully decline because I didn't really see that church was something for me. Fast forward a few months, uh, last June, on the 25th, I found my best friend. He uh, he had committed suicide. That event left me broken in many ways. It left me in a pit of despair. I didn't know who to talk to, who to seek help from. So I reached out to Cora, who was with me every step of the way, and asked her if I could go to church with her. The first few times going to church, it felt surreal to be at ACF. It definitely wasn't overwhelming. There was a lot of love in that room. Everybody was so very kind. And even if they didn't know internally what was going on with me, uh, God did. And I definitely felt his presence there. And from that point on, I could feel my relationship with him growing stronger and stronger. I want to say it was about the season when Pastor Brian was talking about Into the Wild when I decided 
that I wanted to be baptized. And over the next few months, uh, Britt from ACF would reach out to a pastor in Pensacola who would in turn reach out to me. And we got everything set up. And then on April 11th of this year, I was baptized. It was one of the best feelings in my life next to getting married. My faith has never been stronger and I still feel like a toddler when it comes to being a Christian, which is one of the best feelings of my life. There's so much more to learn and I just, I'm so blessed to have met everyone at ACF and to stay strong. And the, although we are separated from land and geography, we are together in one church. Thanks for watching this message from ACF Church. Uh, we hope it's encouraged you and challenged you to be more like Jesus and to walk with Him in a closer and more profound way. If you'd like to give to the mission of ACF Church, you can do so at the link on the screen or at acfak.org. We love you and we'll see you next week.